0: I like
1: that kind of party, baby! Live. Can you dig it? In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance in this first half tonight. The doctor operates here. Well, he has trouble with the snap! Get your daily prescription from the doctor, TC Martin. Hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts, and they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit. The doctor is now in.
2: All right, a very good Monday to you. A Monday afternoon quarterback edition. It is the TC Martin Show, Ballpark VGK, perfectly birthday Frank. Happy birthday. To the birthday boy. It's belated. So I'm saying it today because it was yesterday. So I think I'm still in my grace period, right? So happy birthday, my friend.
0: Yeah, we didn't have a show or nothing yesterday, so that's all
2: good, you know. And I made sure I mean, that I, I sent you a happy birthday yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Did, I did the whole social I'd media. I'd like thing. to
0: thank everybody on social media for reaching out to me and that. It was much appreciated in that. And uh, you know, I mean at my age, I'm going ex I'm not expecting a lot. Went out to dinner with my brother, so that was cool. You know, we we got to catch up and uh, chat a little bit. And then, you know, I, like I say, I'm, I'm too old for presents, but I got exactly what I wanted. Yeah. The Packers are out. boots <laughs> yeah. Done. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Have you seen this guy so excited before ever? I mean, you know, I wake up this morning. The sun's not shining. It's a cloudy, overcast day. I'm hoping there's going to be snow or something oh. out here, you know, to blow Green Bay out of the playoffs. That's all I wanted. So, thank you very much. But all these people, I want to say this, and maybe this is more a terrible Tuesday thing for tomorrow. Everybody on social media saying how great Tom Brady is, they won't explain to Tom Brady, okay? He threw three interceptions. <laughs> Brady was not magical yesterday. The defense and some other things, and some really questionable coaching decisions in that game. Mm-hmm. But, um,. Yes, Brady's going to the Super Bowl. He can thank the Tampa Bay defense and some other things that happened. He did not play spectacular. No, he didn't. Three
2: interceptions. As a matter of fact, when Tom Brady has thrown three interceptions in a game, do you know what his record is? Probably not good. Three and ten. Coach Fossil will tell you how bad the turnover ratio. That's right. (laughs) So three and ten, yeah, and his third victory came Yesterday, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Green Bay Packers. So we got a lot to cover today, a lot to do. We're gonna extensive coverage of both games yesterday. The NFC and the AFC championship games will be diagnosing all of that today. And uh, again, uh, the Buccaneers. What can you say? Uh, I thought that the Packers would show up, but again, a lot of, and like you mentioned, I mean, there were some questionable calls. Uh, but bottom line is. Kudos to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, but more specifically the defense. That defense was rock solid yesterday, and basically they did to Aaron Rodgers – what they did to him back in week number six. And they were hitting. They yeah. were aggressive. Five and, you know, sacks. And,
0: and, and I know a lot of Green Bay fans are complaining about the hand-checking and the pass interference that were weren't called. It went on both sides. Mm. They were letting the defensive backs and the defenders play a little bit yesterday. Mm. But it's not like it was egregious to one side or the other. It went both ways. I, I, I thought it was a good physical football game. It's football. Mm. A little bit of contact is okay. Yeah, but see, here, here's
2: here's where I really get upset and despise uh, whether it's media or fans talking about, well, hey, it's okay, you let them play. And that's nonsense because you just can't pick and choose when you want to let players play. And and that's it's a nonsensical type of term anyway. You know what they call that? A penalty. And if a penalty is a penalty, I don't care what week it is, what quarter it is. Last possession, it doesn't matter. It's just like the NBA. You're supposed to, oh, watch these referees. They're going to swallow their whistle in the final possession of the game. But they're going to call that foul back in the first or the second quarter. I mean, it's nonsense. If there's a penalty, there's a penalty. So for people to say, well, I'm kind of glad, you know, tired of seeing the flags, this and that, then what you're basically saying is we will just let the defensive backs manhandle the receiver, and then the receiver has no shot. Then it just becomes Who's the bigger and stronger person? Is it the defensive back or is it the wide receiver? And you can make claims on both sides. That's not fair, this and that. Bottom line is, if you have rules, follow the rules. If you have penalties, call the penalties. Plain and simple, no matter if it's offensive, defensive, whatever it is. It's just like the play clock, and we talked about that before. How many times have we seen the play clock expire
0: by a second or two and then I uh, it was close enough. That's fine. Oh, several times we saw that yesterday. Yes. And, and the one thing that I will say, and, and I agree with you, if it's a penalty in the first quarter, it should be a penalty in in the end of yeah. the game as well. But it was yesterday yeah. when it wasn't. If it's not a penalty, then it shouldn't be at the end of the game yeah. either. So, and yesterday they let them play the entire game. There was some clutching and grabbing, and the offensive players do it a lot as well. So, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like the strike zone in baseball. They say different umpires have different strike zones. Yeah. They shouldn't. But right. they do. Yeah. It's it's one of the realities we see. But it was a physical game yesterday, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. You have to make the adjustments. And, again, th- there were turnovers on both sides. But, you know, Brady didn't play great. But he is going to his 10th Super Bowl. He is going to the 10th Super Bowl. All right. All right.
2: So the, the guy who's probably the happiest guy in Tampa Bay, maybe the happiest guy in the planet, and, of course, we had to have him on right away today. There he is. He's dancing to cool in the gang. There he is. Uh, waving his Buccaneers flag uh, like a fan sitting in section 472 or something. Two weeks of drive throughs on the way. (laughs) That's it. And and, and more paychecks coming from the home team as well, too. The Bucs sideline reporter, we'll see if he has any voice left, T.J. Reeves, we had to start the show with you, my friend. Congratulations. What's going on there in Tampa,
1: FLA? Oh, nothing much. Nothing much in the epicenter of sports known as Tampa Bay. My initials, brother, from another mother, it is always great to be with you, but especially after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go to Lambeau, after being told by many all over the place, including one T.C. Martin, <laughs> you haven't beaten many teams with a winning record. That'd be two. Well, I guess they've right. beaten the Green Bay Packers now. Twice. So that's the second yep. straight week they've beaten a team with a winning record from the regular season. And I'll take issue even with VGK Frank right now. Tom Brady played outstanding, save for a couple of passes he would love to have back. The the second interception uh, that was caused when Mike Evans deflected the ball in the air is not on him. That should have been a walk-in touchdown, and Evans just botched it and batted it up in the air. That's not on Brady. The other two, okay, but I thought Brady was on it. Um, I, I thought Matt LaFleur, in a, in a lot of ways, was exposed as an inexperienced coach. We'll get into that. Preach on about the officiating. I've got some stuff on that. We will go whatever way you want to travel, my friend. Just know that all routes lead to Raymond James Stadium, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be in two weeks.
0: Yeah, who said you can't go home again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all right, somebody. First of all,
2: here's what I'd like to say, Mr. TJ Reeves. Now. Yes. I first met this guy. All right. He calls me out of the blue. Going out, I don't know, it'd probably say about two years ago. It was probably
0: Tampa Bay Lightning Blue.
2: No, no. I'm going to get there. Okay. (laughs) But this guy calls me out of the blue and says, hey, uh, understand, you know, you're a boxing guy, you cover boxing, you do all this stuff in Vegas, this and that, and a, a, a colleague uh, of both of ours you recommended. You very, yep.
1: very highly recommended, and little did I know about that recommendation. You're, but continue right, on, right. Reach on. So
2: here's what I'm saying to this. Is, so he calls me out of the blue, and I'm talking boxing with him, on, with him and his show in Tampa and, and doing all these things. And then I said, well, I really would like to, you know, get you on. You know, my show, I'm going, if I ever have the chance. At that point in time, this guy's from Tampa Bay. I mean, there's really nothing for me to interview this guy about. And lo and behold, <laughs> it's true, it's true. Then lo and behold, the Lightning are pretty good, right? I said, okay, I can have him on talk a little bit of Lightning. Then baseball season rolls around, and here come the Rays. I'm going, okay, I can have this guy on for the Rays. And then, here we go. Tampa Bay gets the the news of all news. Tom Brady is coming to Tampa Bay. I'm going, Wow, I said, we got something with this guy. And obviously, he's great on the air and everything. So I'm thankful, T.J. Reeves, that not only that you came into my life uh, for, for you know, just the friendship aspect, but being on the show, but thank goodness you brought some very good vibes with these teams. We've got stuff to talk about finally
1: I- in Tampa Bay. I appreciate it. I, I, why do I feel like, <laughs> Nunchuck, what's going on here? VGK, Frank, I can't see TC right now. Is this like the Bachelorette? Are you extending me a rose? Yeah, yeah. What is going I, on? I, I don't know. Right I, now, I, 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 know but,
0: but, I know Nunchuck just left the studio to dim the lights or something well, like that. I'm feeling a little <laughs> uncomfortable. You're <showing> me, <laughs> Well,
2: let, well, let, let me come, say... Well, I'll get that out me, of the way. <laughs> and, and Now we can talk some football, but just, I we'll was thinking up, about that let today. Let it's say say like, when are we ever talking about Tampa Bay? Oh, by the way, I got this great Tampa Bay in Insider, just all of a sudden. I think it's cool,
1: that's all. I, I'm just saying that I'm in agreement with you that it's not as if there was much of a track record to go on over the course of the last few years to think that, hey, why don't we need to put a guy from Tampa Bay on to talk about the Tampa Bay teams? But, brother, is there now, as we all know, uh, with what has transpired here over the course, really, of the last six or seven months since sports resumed and the NHL finished and Major League Baseball played their their whatever that was sixty game regular season to get to the postseason which which the Rays navigated through and got to the World Series and now you have this and I can tell you that it is still at a fever pitch right now, almost twenty four hours after that Win yesterday. This has always been a Buccaneer town. They were the first of all those franchises to be here. The other two, in fact, didn't come till 20 years after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in existence. So they are going bonkers about the Bucks and about Brady and about what uh, what this team was able to do. Um, in that game yesterday to now set up the scenario of scenarios, which is it's reality. We've been talking for 10 months about the possibility of the Buccaneers being in their home stadium for the Super Bowl, and now it is a reality. It is still remarkable to even utter that. D.C. Martin on a Monday, but it's reality.
2: Exactly. And, you know, here you go. I can't believe when you really think about this, that this hasn't happened before. In 55 years, this is the only time it's happening. And I think, you know, just speaking for myself, going back, you know, 20 years ago, you thought, ah, it has a possibility of happening, but it probably never will because it's never happened. And it's weird that it hasn't happened because let's remember, These Super Bowls are played in actual NFL stadiums. It's not like some neutral site in London or something like that. No. I mean, they play at home stadiums of one of the 32 teams in the National Football League. And you would think it would have happened already. But here it is, year 55, and it's finally happening. And especially this year, like you said, TJ, well, okay, well, you know, Tom Brady's coming. Sure but this was still a number five seed. This was a wild card team that had to go on the road and win three playoff games and not have a home game. And now they're playing some, so it's a cool story. It's still kind of unbelievable, but translating all that in to, and we're going to, we'll talk about this here in the next two weeks, but just while you brought it up, do you know what is the situation, what they are doing with tickets? Cause we know traditionally Super Bowls a good majority of the tickets i think usually about 20 25% uh, even even higher sometimes go to corporate uh you know people and then they usually split you know maybe uh you know 20 you know 20,000 a piece for each team in the super bowl well we know there's a limited uh, amount of people that can come to this and i know there's tampa bay people that are are going to try to get tickets so first of all what are you knowing about how many people are going to uh, get invited to to get tickets how are they going to do about it and what does this mean for buck season ticket holders are they going to have an opportunity to go see this game and will it be maybe a little bit less corporate this year
1: all right so here's the here's the full rundown this was announced before the bucks and the chiefs obviously made it cuz you didn't know what the combinations would be that no matter what it was going to be 22,000 at capacity they're going to have and i was in the stadium Uh, yesterday again full disclosure we didn't travel to a single road game this year including the playoff games we did them all on the on the road radio broadcast out of raymond james stadium on tv so we were in the stadium yesterday where they are in full setup mode for the super bowl as we speak and have been for really about the last 10 days inside the stadium i sent you that picture i think with a lot of others uh, that i sent it to, the turf is magnificent because there hasn't been a game played on it in a month. It is already set. It is ready to go. Your extended forecast, by the way, God only knows if they can get it right. Is it supposed to be in the low 70s that's th- that day. 13 days away. Okay. So, the, uh, yeah, no, they can't get it right, as we said last week, three days in advance. But uh, allegedly it's going to be nice weather, so the stadium is all set up. And ready, but they're going to have 22,000 there. They're going to have some more temporary seating than the normal 65,000 capacity. So that would have been the case, whether the Bronx made it or the Packers made it, that's the same uh, capacity they're going to use 7,500 of those tickets are going to go to first responders and frontline healthcare workers from the NFL that they are handling. And they're going to sit in a special area because they've all been vaccinated twice. And so it's a different situation with COVID-19 for them. Um, then that I, I, you do the math, that obviously leaves about fourteen and a half thousand tickets for the rest. The two teams, I don't know this for sure, are probably only going to get a couple of thousand tickets, maybe two or three thousand tickets to disseminate. Again, the Chiefs, because they won, had been having around fifteen, eighteen thousand at Arrowhead. The Bucks have been having around fifteen thousand or so at Raymond James for the home games. So that gets divvied up. Bottom line is this: it is the craziest secondary scalper market you can imagine when you go online and look at places like StubHub, Vivid Seats, etc for tickets last night I looked I have not looked this afternoon it was between $15 and $20,000 a ticket to sit in the lower bowl the lower level between the goal lines anywhere that you were trying to sit yeah pull out some serious cash that even in the third level the upper highest level it was still seven or eight thousand dollars a ticket because of the Kansas City Tampa Bay rematch, Mahomes coming here, Tom Brady leads the bucks, blah blah blah. So again, I have no idea if that will stay at that high of a price tag over the next two weeks, but that just gives you a barometer Somewhere between fifteen and twenty grand a ticket because of the demand and and the fact there's only twenty two thousand of
2: them. Yeah, well, Super Bowls uh, always command a a high ticket price no matter what, but like you said, with the limited capacity, it's going to be more so. And I know, again, a lot of people they're they're really not that afraid to travel, especially a sports fan like this, especially if they have an allegiance to one of those two teams. They will pay it. Yeah. Well,
0: and one of the other things, too, that's going to be interesting about this, I didn't mean to cut you off there, TJ, but you're also going to, if you are getting tickets for this, whether you're already down there or if you're traveling down there, make sure it's a reliable source you're getting the tickets from because you know there's going to be a ton of people getting tickets and going, Sorry, these aren't real or something like that. You don't want to drop fifteen grand on something where you're still yep.
1: going to the nearest bar to watch it. And to <laughs> your point, there are scams already online and out there about this whole come for the experience. We've got a hotel room. We've got the tickets. I've been warning people since last night and this morning, Frank, you're a prophet. Be very careful because these are people that are trying to get tickets to the game And one of two things may happen to you, which is they suddenly say, Sorry, we don't have your tickets. And now you're in a fight with them over the money you've paid them. Or the second thing is, We do have your tickets, but instead of what we offered, which was like eight or nine grand for the whole experience, staying here, this, that, it's now 18 or 20 grand because the ticket is so much more than what we thought it was going to be. And then they point to a little fine print in the contract that says, Uh, You know, the agreement you did with them that you, uh, the terms and conditions that they could fluctuate the price depending on the secondary market. I'm telling you what the secondary market is right now. It's ridiculous to try to get your hands on a ticket, but you're right about be careful uh, on the scams for that. And the point I was going to make is Kansas City folks, fans can drive here fairly realistically on Thursday or Friday of that week and be here. Super Bowl weekend without having to fly and the other fan base doesn't have to fly in terms of safety and travel in this case and there will be thousands probably that will come here without tickets from other places fans of the teams or not to be around the experience because again this state is open to a degree with restaurants, with businesses, with those kind of things, and people have been flooding here to come and be part of that for months anyway. Just to give you an idea of the of the feel of the area, I know you got a roll here in a few minutes. Do we want to get into the X's and O's of the game and the officiating and Matt Lafleur and all this? You mix it up. Go.
2: Well, first of all, uh, breaking news is Numpchuck uh, just uh, showed me now. Uh, we uh, is offering me tickets right now for sixty-eight hundred dollars. Uh, we could sit in upper
1: deck 304. What's 304 okay, like? so that's the third. Third, 304 is the upper deck yeah, corners no of the stadium. I'm a seat so snob. We're not, we're not sitting there.
0: You'll be sitting next to Bob Euchre. <laughs>
1: so if you're sitting, if you're sitting, uh, Nunchuck, if you're looking at it, if you're sitting in the 100 level between the 10s or between the goal lines, you're probably sitting from about 110 to the other end. I'm trying to remember visualizing it to about one something like one, uh, I don't know, on the other
2: end, like 109. Like Here we but go, lower level center, 111. Sold, coming down, $39,600. You can get one of 39,000. of 50, save sold to them, man, wearing the putrid in the pewter or whatever you call it for
1: $39,600. $39,000. Get that guy's 11 credit 11 card number. Mentioned. Man, $39,000. And again, <laughs> I was, I was looking at it last night, and it, it, it will be interesting if that if that number holds there or gets a little less as we get into next week and fewer people are willing to pay for it on All the right. secondary market, and you got to be careful of fraud. Go ahead.
2: T.J. Reeves, the Bucs sideline reporter, he is the man. He is happy that uh, he will be there in less than two weeks at uh, Super Bowl 55. Okay, I, I want to get your take on this. We talk about Brady. It's a great story and everything. I think the defense was phenomenal. That was really the difference. Difference that I felt for the Buccaneers defeating the Packers. Are
1: you going to put on a Sean Murphy bunting jersey now? Because Absolutely I'm going to get not. you a custom-made no, no. one. That is three consecutive games <laughs> with an interception in the postseason. That has never happened in Buccaneer history. And he tied a postseason record yesterday, the Bucks' defensive back, with a pick, you've been hammering this guy yes. every time that you yes. come on my stuff yes. or your stuff, but he got another pick yesterday. Got,
2: okay, but again, if, if he can uh, contain uh, Tyreek Hill, but I, I feel like Tyree <laughs> Tyreek Hill is going to make him look silly, is going to make him look goofy. Sammy Watkins might be back too, so we'll, we'll hold that. But I want to get your thoughts on the game itself for you. Again, you know this team inside and out. We've gone back and forth about this. What, what was there a surprising element for you while you were watching this game unfold, and what was the key, or maybe that surprising element on on how well the Bucks actually played in Lambeau yesterday?
1: All right. So there's two or three things. The first surprising thing is uh, again, this is ballot criticism of Matt Lafleur, second year coach, uh, only in his fourth playoff game as it turns out if you've been watching the tampa bay buccaneers at the end of the regular season from a strategic standpoint and the two playoff games if you win the toss like he did yesterday you take the ball with aaron Rodgers at home and you go score a touchdown because in the last two regular season games and both the playoff games the buccaneers got the ball first and scored three touchdowns and drove down and kicked a field goal in washington four for four so that was automatically the first surprising thing of Okay, have you not been scouting and watching the Buccaneers, and you immediately put yourself behind? I know you have confidence in Aaron Rodgers, but you immediately put yourself on your heels at the beginning of the game. Then later, at the end of the first half, what in the name of Greg Williams, the former Jets defensive coordinator (laughs) who gave up the bomb against the Raiders, what was that defense allowing Scotty Miller to streak down the sideline with no time left in the first half to catch a bomb for a touchdown just a sleep at the switch, the Green Bay uh, staff there on that one. And then, and then we can get to the whole thing about the field goal at the end instead of going for it on fourth down, which was not a second guess by me and by others. It was a first guess on what are they doing because you're giving the ball back to Tom Brady with an opportunity to kill the clock after you kick the, uh, the field goal. In fact, each of the last two Buccaneer playoff games, they got it back one more time to kill the clock and killed the final four minutes of the game. Again, I, I thought he was playing checkers for a lot of that game against Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles. So that's what struck me. Um, as for huge plays, probably the biggest plays of that of that game, the swing at the beginning of the second half where Jordan Whitehead caused the fumble, he cracked Aaron Jones yep. and caused the fumble. They scored on the next play. It's now 28-10. At that point, You're saying this could be a blowout again. They are rolling the Packers again, just like in October. To Green Bay's credit, they came back. The other key was when Brady threw two of the interceptions, they weren't able to drive and get touchdowns. The defense stopped. In fact, the defense forced a punt after one of them. That was the biggest key in the fourth quarter is the defense stood tall, and Tampa Bay played a complete game.
2: Absolutely. All right, T.J. Reeves, the Bucs sideline reporter, joined us as we're talking about the Buccaneers defeating the Packers yesterday and on to the Super Bowl.
0: You know, you're talking about those three plays, and I agree with you, they're all incredibly important, but what was going through your mind at the end of the half before they got that touchdown when Tampa had the ball around midfield and they decided to go for it on that fourth down, they would have given Rodgers and company. Arians really rolled the dice on that play. They pick up the first down, you're thinking, okay, well, now they're going to try to get a quick out or something and maybe kick a field goal. It is open deep, absolute blowing coverage there, but, you know, What was going through your mind when Arians did that? Did that surprise you at all, or did you expect him to do that? I said on the
1: air, on our our broadcast, I said, this is dangerous because they had taken the timeout. I said, because Aaron Rodgers has thrown multiple Hail Marys in his career, including in a playoff game against Arizona when he did it. Uh, So I was very concerned of do not give them the ball at midfield with five or six seconds left because he can launch it to the end zone and you could get a penalty. You can have all kinds of things. And they still have
0: timeouts.
1: Well, yeah. it doesn't matter, there's, so, you guys.
2: There's only six yeah. seconds left, so it didn't matter. And and, and just to, to jump in here, I was shocked when I saw Brady leave the field and the punting unit come come on. And I don't know TJ if that was a Brady call or if that was an Arians call.
1: There but, was, so here's here's the explanation from concerns There were ten seconds left before the fourth down play, right? And they initially were going to just punt and say go to the locker room, but they talked about it as a staff. Uh, just briefly on the sideline during the timeout, and said, we really like this swing pass to Fournette to get the first down with the way they've been playing defense in the second quarter. And sure enough, they were right. And Fournette caught it and got the first down. And then they loved the Scotty Miller play. And Bruce Arian said to me after the game on the postgame interview on Buccaneers Radio that Scotty Miller flanked out wide to the left, right in front of him, right where he was, and he knew this is going to be a touchdown because he could see the defense (laughs) green Bay was in without a safety on that side, and Miller was going to run by the the Packer DB Uh king, and he absolutely Uh cooked him and ran by him. Just a great sequence, and that is part of what Bruce Arians came in the door in Tampa Bay saying, no risk it, no biscuit. Yeah. His big slogan. That was a stay on the gas, no risk it, no biscuit moment for sure.
2: No, to me, that said everything because it's 14 to 10. And the Packers, you know, they had to end up punting that possession before because remember, they were going to get the second half kickoff. It's like, okay, we're going to, they have an opportunity for, you know, the the, the double dip here. And so when, I, you know, again, I, I didn't think that he would punt. I said, that that doesn't make any sense because at that time, there's only six seconds to go. It's fourth down. You could throw into but, the but end zone. But there was no, 10. No, 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 Ten no. 10 before. talking about after the 10 was before the after, Yeah, after, yeah. So you had six seconds when they were going to punt. So at that point in time, I thought, okay, here's the quick little out. But still, with that quick little out... With six seconds, you'd have to complete maybe a 10-yarder to be in reasonable field goal range. Right. So for me, it made sense. Just throw the Hail Mary. Do what you got to do. It wasn't a Hail Mary, guys. As you know, this was just a beautifully thrown ball on a beautiful play where Scotty Miller got behind the DB, the ham and egg, young DB, the Packers, which you've talked about before. I mean, it was just stupidity. I mean, insane yep. in the membrane, as well, the song once sent, said, T.J. Reese. That, that was crazy. On that play,
1: just so you know, they sent two other guys deep. They sent yeah. Evans deep, and they had either Godwin or somebody else in the slot going deep to confuse the Green Bay secondary. And God, did they confuse them to leave Miller alone where he's streaking right by. And it's very similar to the touchdown you saw in person, Brady, throw against the Raiders in the same corner on the far sideline end zone. Very similar Very similar play. And, again, you make a great point that the Buck defense stopped them time and again. Can I say this on the T.C. Martin Show while we're here? Even in victory – Cleet Blakeman and his officiating crew should not work another playoff game anytime soon. Atrocious. They were awful. <laughs> Off, not just bad, they were awful yesterday. Blakeman, Blakeman missed a call that is supposed to be called 100 times out of 100 when the Packer defender threw Brady to the ground after an incompletion. He didn't, he didn't injure him, but that is supposed to be called every single time. Right in front of him, Brady got up, argued, Cleet Blakeman asleep. Asleep at the switch. Later on in the game, asleep again when a Packers stands up out of a stance for an obvious false start. They don't blow it dead. They run the play. Green Bay got a first down. Right. Horrible. Horrible on the delay of game that Frank was mentioning later on in another drive. Full second. A full second with the clock at zero before they snap the ball. Again, these are easy things. That's not just swallow the whistle, questionable pass interference or not, holding or not. The Packers had 12 men on the field. Twice. They didn't catch it one time, and then replay review in the final uh, two minutes had to catch it the second time. They were awful. Timeout, yesterday. rewind, standby. You just
2: reeled off five plays all yes. talking about the, 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 the Packers infractions. Yes. What what about from the Bucs' side, Mr. Neutral, Mr. Media Member there in Tampa? Do you Are you kidding you me? Your boy, Sean Murphy, bunting, blatantly <laughs> holding, seeing grabbing jerseys over and over, getting to Devontae Adams earlier. Those should have been penalties, too. I agree with everything you said, but there was another half dozen or so. Uh, maybe not half does beat them three or four key plays on the other side that were just as ridiculous and again by yeah, the way you can
1: you can get wayne Levy on at some point for the consolation prize and he'll <laughs> tell you about the buccaneer mistakes we're not covering for that i i'm just saying to you these were obvious things that should have been blown dead or called that are black and white right. for the black and white strike right.
2: okay, didn't good have. all right, so party note here, I know we, get, we, yes. we and we will spend some more time with you and again uh utilizing this 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 time with our our man in the epicenter, as you say over the next <laughs> two weeks, but so we 're talking yesterday after the game or even before the game, I even told him before the game boom you're coming on if you win this and that that's great didn't think they would win, but I'm going to have them on anyway either today or the next couple days, so then. Uh, we're all good. He's reveling in the party atmosphere last night and everything. So then this morning he goes, "Hey, just confirming, uh, you know, about the what time we're gonna go, we're gonna do this." So he says, "I've got to be on in West Virginia today." I go, "West <laughs> Virginia? Number one, they don't even have football there, Mountaineer country, and number right. two, I don't believe they even have televisions. So why, are, do, we even, why you, are we even talking about a, you appearing radio, on a West yeah.
1: Virginia radio station? Are you insane?" Over this show? I'm, t- I'm telling you that a 20-year friend of mine in broadcasting from West Virginia had already said to me on Monday after the game at the Bucks win, can you come on? I said, yes. He hit me with the time that he, he wanted to utilize me. I did not realize that I was infringing on the great territory of T.C. Martin wanting to leave the show off in Las Vegas with me. But we worked it out, and as it turns out, we bumped – uh West Virginia for the T C Martin show. There you go. As so, you should uh, even, even though even though they were clamoring for an interview, the T C Martin show did take precedence over West by God, Virginia. Yeah. Well,
0: West Virginia. Well, by the way, last I looked, the T C Martin show is a radio show as well, so it doesn't matter if they don't have TVs there. <laughs> Why are you hating on West Virginia? Let TJ <laughs> spread the love for everybody out there. Yes. And I just want to say on a personal note. Please thank all the Buccaneers for making my birthday exactly what I needed with Beautiful. Green Bay being eliminated. Beautiful. That's all I
1: wanted. CC yes. I just leave you I leave you with this. Once again, the Green Bay Packers, number one seed in the NFC, playing at home. Blow the game. You were there the last time. I don't want to hear any more about Buccaneers not being able to beat teams with a winning record. That obviously happened, as I said at the beginning of the conversation. And please, please assure me you're going to take Mahomes and the Chiefs in two weeks because that's guaranteeing Buccaneer victory. If you're doubting and hating on Brady and the Bucks one more time, we're golden in Super Bowl 55. Again, TJ, again.
2: Remember, from a betting perspective, I had the Buccaneers last week. I like Brady. You know how I feel about Brady. I have to defend Brady all the time with these Hamanegers around here. Okay, I don't like (laughs) them because he's won too many Super. I love Brady, and you know that. And we've talked about that numerous times. I was happy that you got Brady, and let's let's be honest. The only reason you're here in this position is because you guys signed Tom Brady. So yes, I I love the Buccaneers. I am not bitter because I don't care. Okay, even though, again, working with the Packers, 12 years, been there, I don't have any allegiance. Mm. You know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers? I don't (laughs) care. I'm with Frank. I'm fine. I'll high-five Frank if he wants a high-five. No problem. But it's all about you're going to bet to win the money. And I believe Green Bay laying a field goal at home, Lambeau Field. I thought Tampa Bay's time was over yesterday. But I will say, T.J. Reeves, yes, in two weeks. Their time is done. Laying a field goal again. Are you kidding me? My I'll be all over the Kansas City Chiefs like a hobo and a hot dog at the corner of Tropicana and Arville.
1: My, My Monday, Monday is May. TC is still <laughs> doubting the Bucks while Brady and company are still alive and playing. I love it. Right, you brother. have me on whenever you need me. I, I will shoe aside West Virginia. I will shoe aside like Huntsville, Alabama or Boise, Idaho or whoever I need to shoe aside to be on the T.C. Martin Show. Always good to be with you, my friend, as the Buccaneers – Makes history and are in the Super Bowl. So I'll jump back on whenever you need me on the show.
2: All right, there it is. Tell the twins uh, another paycheck coming. A Super Bowl <laughs> paycheck, TJ Reeves. That should be a huge one. That could probably Just, take you to the Outback. Forget Mickey yes, D's drive thru. I bet be you to go like, to the like Outback. In, uh...
1: Like in Ricky Bobby with Will Ferrell, we're going to Applebee's. The family always goes to Applebee's to celebrate. We might be going there, free plug, right, uh, for the show. Uh, by the way, we didn't, we didn't uh, confirm here. You now owe me something in the food wager. Yes. So you've got to get back to me now that the Packers blew it, minus three, minus three and a half, and get back to me on what you're paying up here uh to the black sideline guy i'm just saying no be well uh,
2: again no problem brother to be good the thing is like i told these guys earlier i said it's it's a food wager but that would mean you would have to leave the time zone you never leave the eastern time zone you never come out this way come out this way i'll wine and dine you i mean come on you All never right. leave the comforts of the Eastern Time Zone. Even when you're broadcasting but, games, you're in the Eastern Time that's Zone. That's exactly right, Jeez. and it served us well. Right. We have won
1: eight games in a row on the road, having never traveled to any of them. So we're, <laughs> now we get the Super Bowl yeah. at home. It is surreal. It is crazy. And now I must depart here on the T.C. Martin Show, <laughs> because as I said to you off the air, I have the Twins, and we're headed to a playoff <laughs> Soccer game that their friend is in. That is the same thing. And yes, drive through could be in our future. I will update you at a later date. Take care. Go so, All right, there he is. Congratulations. There is
0: So TJ's departing the show, and Aaron Rodgers might be departing Green Bay. Th- that's, not, that, that's not happening. I mean, maybe he'll go to the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs>
2: If Aaron Rodgers goes anywhere, he's going to go West Coast. I can see him with the Niners somewhere. But anyway, that's that. That's that's too premature talk right now. I want to see him go to the Patriots and we're number twelve. Mm. We've got a lot to cover. All right, so <laughs> very nice. A lot to cover here. All right, so we will talk about Kansas City, Buffalo. We'll hit more on the Packers, Buccaneers. We'll take your phone calls as well too. Your thoughts, if you want to chime in about what your eyes saw yesterday. NFC Championship game, AFC Championship as well, too. 221-7283, jump on board if you're outside of the Vegas area code. You know it, it's 702-221-7283. Matthew Holt will join us next hour, so hang tight for that. We're talking UFC 257. we got a chance to watch that. We'll give you our thoughts as Conor McGregor goes down. Still a busy day on the T.C. Martin Show. The T.C. Martin Show
0: is back. Yes! What are you doing? It's just a half-to- Yes, this is my favorite part of the
1: game. TC Martin. Yes! In the face! The doctor is now in.
3: Yeah.
2: Alright. Hopefully you got the William Hill mobile app. A lot of people made a lot of money yesterday, bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What were the odds on that
0: touchdown at the end of the first half, I wonder? <laughs> <laughs> if for in-game in in, in wagering, if, if, yeah. if you would have if you would have rolled that out and said they're going to get six here, yeah. that had to be big.
2: Uh, Get the mobile app. Real easy to use if you don't have it already. Hey, a special bonus for new account users. Download the app on your phone. And uh, when you go deposit money, at least $50 into a brand new account, use the promo code TC50, and they'll give you an additional free $50 in your account. That's right. So deposit at least $50. They'll give you another $50. Free to play with as we get ready for the Super Bowl in two weeks. And, of course, you got the NBA, college basketball, Hockey, VGK, all of that. So get over to the any of the William Hill properties and get a new account at williamhill.us. All right, uh, appreciate T.J. Reeves. Very excited, of course. A Regular on the show, covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is the Bucs sideline reporter. And, uh, yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Packers yesterday, and they will be playing in their home stadium, Super Bowl 55, coming up uh, uh, two weeks from yesterday, so February the 7th. Uh, let's dive into now our thoughts uh, regarding that game. And then we'll also talk about the AFC championship game yesterday as well, too. A little bit more one-sided than the uh, Buccaneers-Packers game. So everyone wants to talk about the fourth down situation with the Packers. Okay, We talked about game changers uh, right before the break. Green Bay trailed 14-10 to 10 with six seconds to go in the first half. And Tampa Bay had that fourth down. And it, instead of not punting they decided to go for it didn't know if they were going to do a little six seven yard out maybe getting better field goal range for a long field goal to give them a 17 10 lead or just throw the hail mary but yeah it didn't make any sense really to punt the ball at that point in time but what they did with that play where brady found scotty miller now hearing what tj had to say that that was something that they liked and they dialed up and it was precision we can say we want about Brady having the three interceptions he didn't play great he had some some horrendous decision making you know especially when he threw a couple of those you know uh interceptions up I think in the second quarter that was crazy
0: yeah basically threw but, him up for grabs
2: but that shot to Scotty Miller was phenomenal that was the game changer you go from 14 to 10 to 21 to 10 and then we'll talk about what happened you know when the
0: Packers first possession of the third here in a minute but that was a clutch play that was a backbreaker Oh, absolutely it was. I mean, like I say, I thought once they got the first down, it's like, okay, they're going to try, try a quick out and try to stop the clock. Because remember, they burned that last time right. out after that first down as well because they didn't get out of bounds on that. So I'm thinking, all right, well, they're going to try to get in field goal, but at least the one thing they've done is they've controlled the clock so, you know, nothing really bad can happen. Yeah. And then when I see Miller get open, but like TJ said as well there, they sent more than one guy yeah. deep. There, there was a couple guys. Now, I don't know that the other ones were as open as Miller because he was wide open. But they sent everybody deep. And it's like football 101. You don't let the guy get behind you. We talked about that with the Raiders and the Jets game <laughs> right. during the season. It, it, it's the one thing you can't do. Yeah. And they did it, and it made the separation was ridiculously easy. Yeah, it was. It was. And, again, so the
2: Packers, just you don't have any momentum whatsoever. But at least you think, okay, you're, now you're down 11. But you, you were down four, and like I mentioned, Rodgers had a chance. And they had two three and outs. The two possessions before that, you know, again, you're thinking, oh boy, here we go. You know, give Rogers the ball with two minutes to go, or less than two minutes to go, and now they're going to get get the kickoff, and none of that worked out. So they get the kickoff, and I believe it was the third play. Here comes uh, the the interception, and the Bucks have it. You know, take it uh, you know down to the Packers eight yard line, and the Aaron Jones fumble cost him. And I thought it was pretty apropos that we see Aaron Jones immediately go to sideline because remember he fumbled earlier. And Tanyan, you know, fell on the ball to keep, you know, right to preserve the first down and and keep possession. But again, Aaron Jones been loose with the football this year. So when that happened, it was like, okay, they're done. And then Brady connects, you know, with a quick eight yard strike to break. And it's 28 to 10. At that point in time, I'm thinking, okay, this game is over, even though you still got basically 13 and a half minutes in the third quarter there's plenty of time. And we've seen Rodgers and the Packers come back. But you just had that feeling. Lo and behold, the Packers did come back. But to Aaron Jones, we never saw him again. He went to the bench. Even when the Packers were trying to rally, he was all alone on the bench. You know, had the, uh, the jacket on, that sort of thing. And then I, and I heard Joe Buck and Troy come and talk about, well, you know, he, he's got a he's, – he's injured or whatever. What are you talking about? He's injured. I mean, this guy was on the bench because of the two fumbles, plain and simple. And you didn't see any teammates going up to him. He wasn't engaging with, with, with uh, any of his teammates. I mean, that Packer bench was just distraught. And again, you, if you're
0: going to have that defeatist attitude against a guy like Tom Brady, you're done so well yeah and he may have been injured he was mentally injured because oh, yeah. he was hurt or whatever and he he knew that he had he had messed up drastically but yeah he wasn't hurt hurt he wasn't hobbling off and if he was injured injured they would have had him down in the locker room exactly. working on him to bring him back out he right. would not have been sitting out there by himself in the cold right so the the Big questionable call that everyone is going to talk about forever,
2: especially Packer fans. The Packers battled back. They were down 31-23. There was two thirteen to go, and they had a first and goal. Well, actually, with about three and a half minutes to go, it was first and goal at the 8 after they, they had the long pass, and I believe it was Devontae Adams got him down to the 8. I don't know about you, but every time – that someone gets a first and goal inside the 10, you're a little bit leery. It's like, okay, you know, things are going to tighten up here. Those passing lanes are not going to be as open. Yeah, you don't and have much start, room to move exactly, over with because every, exactly. everything is scrunched together. All right, so everyone's talking about the fourth and goal from the eight with with 2.13 to go. Matt LaFleur decides we're going to kick a field goal to make it a five-point deficit instead of eight. Everyone is losing their mind and saying, hey, they you you, you got to go for that there. Well, first of all, let's say this. You're down eight, all right? You have four timeouts left. Count them, four. Packers have all three of their timeouts, plus you have the two-minute warning. Yep, You have plenty of time. My problem with this was, wasn't the fourth down decision, okay? It was what you decide to do on first down, second down, and third down. The Packers got zero yards on those three downs combined, nothing, the play calling was horrendous. They didn't even attempt to run the football. They had Rodgers rolling out on two of those plays, throwing in a double coverage like you mentioned. One nearly intercepted. One basically threw the ball away. And on that third down play, he had an opportunity to scramble. He rolled out to the right. And the, I don't know why I'm going to say the, I guess, old Aaron Rodgers or the younger Aaron Rodgers probably would have jaunted in for a touchdown. The Aaron Rodgers we saw even a week or two before would have done that. While I'm watching this and seeing his will not to run, I'm thinking, is is this guy think he's Tom Brady or Drew Brees and doesn't want to run? Because Aaron Rodgers can still get there. He might not have scored, but I'm banking right now at least a 60% chance I think that he takes off he's going to score, especially if he tries to sell himself out, which we've seen him do before. At least he gets down inside the five, maybe to the three or the two-yard line, and now you got a big decision there at fourth and goal from the two or the three. But I don't blame Matt LaFleur for kicking the field goal because there was no guarantee. I had zero faith if they would have
0: went for it on fourth and goal from me. They're not getting it based on what I saw in those first three downs. Yeah, I agree with you that it's possible they wouldn't have got it. I, I, I still was surprised they didn't do it. But I do agree with you on that third down play. I thought, sure, he was taking off and running. Now, again, because everything is so condensed on there by the goal line, I didn't know if he'd get in. What I expected when I saw that play development was he's going to run. He's going to fake the throw Mm -hmm. to freeze everybody. Then he's going to come running, and if he can't get in, he's going to slide about the three and almost hope that somebody hits him, gets a penalty, and gets him a whole brand-new set of downs. Then it'll be half the distance. It'll be first and goal from, like, the two or the one-and-a-half or something. But when he threw it into the double coverage, I was like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. That that was insane. You've got to take up and get as much as you can – the worst that that should have been was fourth and three because he definitely would have got there. And I'm I'm with you. If he dives into it, he might have got a touchdown. Right. But I I really thought, because I've seen enough of him play over the years, he wasn't going to get all the way to the outside and run it out of bounds or something. I thought he was going to run and slide if he couldn't get in and literally hope somebody would hit him. And you knew that as aggressively as the defense is playing on that third down play, there's a good chance that could have happened. But when he threw it, He played right into their hands and he almost handcuffed his coach, and now his coach has taken all the flack for it. Right. And again, he said he was surprised,
2: uh, his comments. So, uh, yeah, here's Aaron Rodgers talking about the, or rather, Matt LaFleur trying to defend his decision about why uh, he opted for Mason Crosby in the field goal on that fourth down.
4: Yeah, anytime it doesn't work out, you always regret it, right? But uh, it was just uh, the circumstances of having three shots and coming away with no yards um, and knowing that you not only need the touchdown, but you'd need the two point. So the way I was looking at it was we essentially had four timeouts with the two minute warning. And, you know, we, we knew we needed to get a stop and I thought we were going to have a stop there at the end, but you know, they, we got called for, for the PPI. Um, and it didn't work out so i think anytime something doesn't work out do you regret it sure but we're always going to be process driven here and the way our defense was battling the way our defense was playing I felt like it was the right decision to do and uh it just didn't work out
2: yeah so again i didn't have that much of a problem with it because like you said with the four timeouts and when they kicked off i said okay Crosby, you're going to have to put this thing in the end zone so the clock doesn't run to the two minute mark or under the two minute mark, and then Tampa fields it at about the ten, and then the guy gives himself up with two oh one. So again, you had your four timeouts. The Packers needed to get; they had two different opportunities to get a to get off the field, to a fourth down. Tampa Bay went and got a first down, and then they got a second first down. Just think if they hold them three and out. They've got a minute and a half at least to go down there and get a game winning touchdown, not a game tying touchdown. And again, I go back to the to the, the two point conversion. Lazar, he dropped it. That, you know, maybe now if you're down seven, you're down six. Well, then, then again, maybe you do. But ask the Packers to get a touchdown plus a two point conversion, which is under 20% that you can get a two point conversion. I, again, no guarantee with that. So uh, again, if you if he had had one timeout or two timeouts, or then you're under two minutes. Of course you go for it. But in this situation, the Buccaneers ran, I think, eight plays. And the Packers never got the ball back. But you got to
0: trust your defense and think you're going to get it. And they come up with one stop. They get the ball back. Yeah, the one place where I will disagree with what he said there, and I understand he's doing coach speak and he's trying to defend his decision sure. or whatever. But when he said in there, well, you remember, we needed the touchdown and the two-point conversion. Well, that was true. To take the lead and everything else. But remember this, too. If you would have just got the touchdown and then you still kicked off, then you would have been within a field goal to win in it. Correct. So that two-point conversion, Correct. you know, you know, so so it's not exactly like it was that cut and dried. The touchdown still would have been a lot better than getting just the field goal. Correct. Those extra three points would have been a huge difference in what you do after yep, that. field goal so, to win, no
2: doubt about it. All right, so Aaron Rodgers' thoughts about coming off the field <laughs> – On that fourth down. I didn't have a decision on that one. Um,
1: Yeah, that wasn't my decision. I understand the thinking above two minutes with uh, all of our timeouts, but yeah, that wasn't my decision. All
2: right, Aaron Rodgers, uh, obviously not happy about that. He goes on in that soundbite as well, too, to talk about that – he used the term gymnastics. He goes, I was fully expecting to stay on the field. And then he goes, I see, you know, five linemen, you know, coming out. And I see, you know, our kicking or field goal unit come on. And he goes, doing all these gymnastics on the sidelines. And he goes, uh, yeah. Uh, so he took the high road, you know, he wanted an opportunity. But then again, he went with that because you didn't gain a single yard on those first three plays, which was,
0: I mean, I guess highly unusual because the Packers are number one in the red zone. Well, and that would have been nice too, is if one of the reporters would have said something instead of just asking him to basically throw his coach under the bus. Why didn't you run the ball? Did 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 it look that open to you? Did it close that quickly? Because you've been in the league an awful long time. It looked like you had a lane there. Did you? You know, you've been known for running your entire career. Even when you're hurting games and you're always reaching back like you just you blew out your quad or something like that, and then you go on a 20-yard scamper the next play for the last decade or more. Why didn't you run on that play? I don't remember anybody asking him that. Right. All right, so
2: obviously this was a hot topic with people all over the Internet uh, for gamblers, people that bet on the Packers. Uh, here's a soundbite from Dave Portnoy, and if you don't know who he is, he is the founder of Barstool Sports who uh, just sold Barstool Sports for a a, a whole bunch of money, billions of dollars. And uh, he was watching the game as a degenerate gambler himself. Uh, Here's what his thoughts were after that.
3: Okay, I'm in the cafeteria of the sportsbook watching AFC uh, championship game mid-first quarter. I had to take a break because Matt LaFleur is not getting the heat he deserves on Twitter, social media, anywhere as far as I can tell. But Matt LaFleur is the greatest coward in the history of human civilization. From now on, you know Roy Munson, Kingpin, it's like, oh, that's a Munson? When someone's balls shrivel up into their nuts and they can't move because they're too scared and too big of a to make a decision and they have no manhood and little girls walk by and go oh look at that the greatest that's now a matt lafleur that is a matt lafleur that field goal the greatest coward in the history of cowards and he should be allowed to coach and for the rest of his life when you see him walk down you go look That's Matt LaFleur, the greatest coward ever. You go in there, he has no guts. You look around, you do operation, you're moving. The man has no guts. He has no balls. He has no nuts. And forever, from this day forward, if you're a coward, you're known as a Matt LaFleur. Period. End of story.
2: Disgruntled gambler? What do you think? Of course, the bleep out was the P word. (laughs) Something tells me he had a wager on him. Yeah, I think so, right? (laughs) Of course he did. Wow. Wow, That was actually said to me from a diehard Packer fan, a season ticket holder who was at the game yesterday, and he got back. There were A lot of people that were at Lambeau Field had action on that game. Oh, wow. Craziness. All right, when we come back, we will talk a little more football, but we'll talk UFC 257. Matthew Holt, U.S. Integrity, one of our UFC gurus and expert. And Matthew went to the ticket window he cashed in on Dustin Poirier. We'll get his thoughts about McGregor and Poirier. We watched the fights as well, too. We'll talk about that. we got that and a whole lot more. Nick Bogdanovich is going to join us a little bit later as well, too. The racing sportsbook director at William Hill. A lot of big tickets cashed at William Hill Sportsbooks yesterday on the Bucks and the Chiefs. We'll get all that from Nick Bogdanovich a little bit later on. So don't you dare go anywhere. It's Ballpark Frank. T.C. Martin right here on a Monday afternoon quarterback edition.